Welcome to Skid Mark Show, America's favorite show about cars, rock stars, and the stars that drive cars. And sometimes about rock stars and stars in cars. Starring your host, Jeff Allen, from CNBC's The Car Chasers and the World Air Guitar Championships. And Ethan D., a professional groupie and soloist in his seventh grade choir recital. Join us in our misadventures as we go streaking across America. Powered by Bill. Hey, this is Ian Stewart. You're listening to the Skidmark Show. Hey, this is Mike Ballard from the Full Auto Saloon, and you're listening to Skidmark Show. What's up? This is Sticks Adinia from Steel Panther, and you're listening to Skidmark Show. Welcome to Skidmark Show. It's going to be a great episode all about cars this time. And we've got about drifting, we've got rallycross, and a really cool car and music event called Grid Life. And we talked to somebody from all of those all in one episode today. I second what he said. All right. <laughs> we should start with an amazing drifter. He's just joined the RTR team with Von Gittin Jr., Chelsea Denofa. Right after Chelsea Denofa, we move right into Chris Stewart. And Chip Pankow with Rallycross all coming your way on this episode of Skidmark Show starting right now. So you better strap on those huggies and get ready to rock and roll. Oh, there it is. All right, there we go. Hello. Hey, what's going on? We were looking forward to catching up with you because uh, there's been a lot of exciting news uh, lately, and um, we wanted to get the story from the man himself. Now we have him on. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. There is a lot of exciting news. So what's new in Chelsea and Denofa's life? Uh, a lot of new stuff uh, in Formula Drift. Driving with Von Gittin and the Mustang RTR Spec 5D. So it's pretty exciting. That's a big, big deal. Big change in my entire life lifestyle for me. Yeah, that's a huge that's deal. Good. I would say that's not just a little thing going on in your life. That's pretty big. Yeah, it's definitely pretty big. How did how did that everything. how did that come about? I mean, you just walk uh, you well, walk yeah. up to him and say, "Hey, you're going to hire me. Let's rock and roll or what?" Well, actually, pretty much that's how it went. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've been driving Formula D for a while, and Ron and I have been friends and acquaintances and you know competitors, and I was kind of at my my uh, maximum abilities of running my team. I was uh, kind of looking for that edge and try to join the best team possible. So last year at Irwindale, I kind of walked into Vaughn's trailer and I was like, hey, you're running a second car. I'm driving it next year. And he kind of laughed and I said, no, no, for real. Like, you tell me what you need from me and I'll make it happen. And then uh, I'm going to drive for you. So we tried it for a little while and he gave me some, you know, things to do and show him that I was serious and I came up and figured out how to do those things and I think the next week we were already pretty much planning on putting the team together so it was pretty exciting it was definitely wild to just kind of walk up to Yvonne and be like yo we're doing this let's do it and it's kind of been like that with everything since so it's good when you say that he gave you uh, things to do did uh, he have like a scavenger hunt for you like I want you to go find me a turtle (laughs) it kind of was a scavenger hunt you know obviously it takes money to run these programs so we had to figure out how to make it lucrative for both of us and then also you know my marketing campaigns and all my past uh gains as far as uh marketability and being able to promote the rtr brand you know i think it was a little bit of kind of everything but i was able to lock everything down pretty quickly and show them i was serious and make make moves 
Were, were you a little concerned coming in there with uh, JR there a little bit? Because, you know, he's still running and you're thinking to yourself, uh, hey, he's going to build the second car. Is it going to be a little slower, a little looser? How, you know, how's the setup going to be a little different? Or did you have any uh, input into the setup in the new car? Yeah, I mean, well, when I, when I spoke to him, I said, I was like, hey, like, hypothetically speaking, you get knocked out in top 32 and I win the event. Like, is that a win for the team? And he's like, that's a win for me, too. He's like, that's if the team wins, if one of us wins, it's, it's it's good. Obviously, I don't want to lose, but, you know, if you're winning, then that's, you know, <clears throat> it's an equality thing. And I was like, oh, great. That's good. So I know I'll get a good car and a good setup, and I, I won't be held back at all. And that was one of our early talks, and definitely it was very positive. And my car, I think, actually makes a little bit more horsepower than him. Oh, <laughs> so, really? <laughs> yeah. Really? Just okay. by chance. Just so, by chance. So it's pretty good. Now he's going to be, like, putting thumbtacks in your seat. Just to, <laughs> there to, you go. To even it out. Yeah. Now, what, have you had an event or yet where you guys have gone head-to-head? Uh, not yet. We've driven together in practice and testing a bunch, but we haven't gone head-to-head. Could, but it can happen yeah. as it goes down to the finals. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it'll definitely be heads up and as wild as a run as we can. That's cool. That's way cool. So let's go back into the past a little bit. Let's let's go back to what was the first car you started drifting? The first car I started drifting in was a 1984 Alfa Romeo Spider. <laughs> wow. <laughs> whoa, whoa, okay. All right. Was that intentional drifting or were you just like, hey, I screwed up on a curve and this is kind of fun and I was able to keep it safe? Um, it was definitely purposeful drifting. Um you know, back then, it was like, see, 2003, there wasn't really any events or anything, so we were, you know, going to our friend's warehouses and drifting in the parking lots and whatnot, um, but yeah, it was, that was the first car I ever drifted. I realized quickly that that wasn't really the car to do it in, um, but back then, nobody was any good, so if you could do figure eights without spinning, you were, you were a pro almost, so, <laughs> and, and <laughs> what in America. What age was this for you? Uh, 16. 16 okay because i know you started like when you were 14 actually in the in the racing yeah yeah so yeah, I, I went to my first year today when i was 15 my mom actually drove my car there but it was like <clears throat> i didn't have a clear i wasn't really like drifting at that point okay so, so <laughs> we know mom was supportive if she drove your car there <laughs> right yeah, that's cool sure. see you're lucky because uh when i was 16 and i would come home and tell my mom how i got in the station wagon sideways on the wet brick roads downtown she wasn't as excited about that as your mom sounds about your career <laughs> yeah i mean she probably wouldn't be excited if i was out drifting around on the street but it was most of it was uh legal drifting at that point so it was good all right, so walk us through a little bit of, of your life for a minute. And I know for you, it's probably like, man, I lived it, you know, but let's, you know, for our listeners and everything and the young kids that are out there eating potato chips sitting on the couch right now, how can they be the next Chelsea? Well, it's a lot of spending all of your money and all of your time chasing it down. Um, <laughs> I started driving competitive events when I was 18, like pretty much right out of high school. Um, and I would just travel around in my truck and trailer. And if I didn't have money for a hotel, I would go to the nearest like college town and go walk, randomly walk in and stay at someone's house. <laughs> okay, <laughs> now, like I know everybody. When you when you and, say uh, when you say racing competitively, what were were you racing at that time? What vehicle and, and what what style of racing? Uh, see, and that would have been Nopi Drift back then, which was like the Tuner Vision days, okay. um, like import events and stuff. And they had drift events that followed them around all over the U.S. 
And then uh, I drove that for two years, and then I drove D1 USA for a few years. Um, but yeah, mostly just, you know, scraping pennies together, a little bit of sponsorship budget, but mostly just, you know, doing everything I can to make a few bucks here and there and uh, transporting people's cars and being as lucrative as possible with my budget and spending like 90% of whatever I made on drifting. <laughs> well, that's cool. Was there was there any other, other racing you were involved with other than drifting? Yeah, I did some, I did some road racing. Uh, I was working for a uh, shop in uh, Florida called uh, Mustangs and Miatas, so we were racing those, and I would, you know, crew for someone so that I could drive one of their cars um, and be able to uh, race for a very low cost. I was doing that for a while, and that kind of spun off into some uh, test driving for some Grand Am teams and, you know, a few other different things. Um, just as much driving as I could, I never turned down any dri- driving job, even if they they didn't pay. You know, it was like, just go do as much driving as you can. Did you have any mechanical knowledge in advance before you started the thinking about getting into drifting? I mean, like, had you already worked on cars? Did you have dad or an uncle in the biz? Or did you just say, I like cars? Yeah, I mean, my dad calls me to go change a light bulb in his car, so he's not mechanically inclined. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I just, uh, I pretty much uh, learned and from being around people that were nice enough to teach me and, you know, just learning by making mistakes and, you know, doing what I can do to keep all my cars running. My first, like, five years of racing cars, I probably had the worst cars ever. They were terrible well let's they, let's uh, go through them because that's yeah. what everybody wants to know about they want all the gossip behind them they want the story behind the man not where he's where he is now let's hear how you got yeah. there so i had a 240 for a little while it was automatic and i drifted that for a while probably a year and a half or two and ended up wrecking that pretty bad and then i had an rx7 for i don't know maybe six months until the motor blew up in that what year what year rx7 uh, it was an fc so like 91 oh okay and uh and then i had a miata and i had a Miata for four four years probably. Drove that for a while, turbocharged. That was like the first real full-blown drift car I had with like a roll cage and all that. It was a spec Miata car that we uh, basically bolting a turbo kit onto. Okay. Um, and then that was the first time I ventured into like suspension setup and adding steering angle and all that stuff. So that car was actually fairly competitive. It was like 300 horsepower and 2,000 pounds. So for back then, it was, it was pretty good. That is good. That is good. That. That, that's still good by any standard today, you know, when you do the power to weight ratio. Yeah, for sure. But it was like I quickly realized that like having a lightweight car that made that was able to be competitive with less horsepower was more reliable went through less tires so my cost of per lap type deal went down quite a bit having a really light car um and then uh, from there i built my first bmw which was a 95 m3 in 2010 okay end of 2009 it was a uh, turbocharged about 450 or 500 horsepower um, lots of steering angle it was like the first step into like really having like one of today's style cars um you know the first car i started moving suspension points on and things like that to make more competitive and faster and drift things like that so that was cool i had that one i had that car for about three years and then i built another of the same car and then i built another of the same car (laughs) so i really liked that chassis it was a good chassis i guess so (laughs) 
Yeah, and that's what I stepped in the Formula D with and drove in the Formula D with this year. And then now you're in the Ford Mustang that's actually powered by Pennzoil. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we're 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 powered by Pennzoil too. So we're all in the same family. Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, we're coming to Thanksgiving. Just get ready. <laughs> <laughs> when I was late to your car, car or call, I was actually pouring Pennzoil into my car. So that's funny. <laughs> See how ironic it is. Hey, we're everybody all, uses it on and off the track. That's right, man. That's right. <laughs> So yep. If there was one car that uh, you could tell a kid, hey, if you've got enough money to go get like a, a certain style of Miata or a BMW, they wanted to get started in drifting. Probably not an Alpha. No, not the yeah. Alpha. Yeah. Is there one car that you would say, <laughs> look for something like this? It seemed to be the best deal, the best bang for your buck for people who don't have sponsors and garages? Yeah, I think the, the E36 and E46 chassis is pretty good. And I think the, the uh, S197 Mustang chassis pretty good too and they're getting very affordable they're kind of like hard to beat for the price and how much power they make and how out of the box they're pretty good and the bmws are kind of the same way you know for three or four thousand you can get a beat up m3 that can drift really really well right out of the box so both of those chassis, I would say, are pretty good. Best bang for the buck. I hear you. And then, so on on the Mustang now, you know, you're you're dealing with uh, what do you got? About 850, 900 horsepower in the Mustang. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and is, isn't it nice? It's like I mean, the same horsepower that my BMW had, but it's on tap all the time and it doesn't break. So that's always good. That is good. Yeah. Well, unless you put it into a wall, which we don't want to talk about that because then you know, Vaughn did, Vaughn did, did that in Dallas. Vaughn. Yeah, Vaughn did. That. Well, yeah, he could just come and hop in Vons. Yeah, you take Vons. Yeah. But um, getting back to that, isn't it a nice relief not having to worry about uh, how fast you're going through tires? Yeah, it is a nice relief. Luckily, I haven't had that issue for the past few years, but it's been, uh, it's really wild now because the last few years I've had to mount my own tires. So, like, in between days, like, after the event, I would go mount my own tires, like, in my on my own machine at the track. And now they just, like, magically get done somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I just get, keep getting put on they keep getting put on my car there, there's a nitto tire fairy <laughs> that just shows up yeah, and keep their elves of tires out there just getting pop them done up for and them. pop new nittos on <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be the best thing. Hey, brand new tires. It's like Christmas every day. So for one, just, yeah. just one event, how many tires are you going through? Um, if it's a good event, about 50. Golly. 50 tires. That's all. Now, back in the day when you, you when, when you were counting those tires and, and doing that, how you, you talked about your lightweight car. How many tires were you going through back then? Uh, I could probably do a whole event on like six or eight tires. Wow. And that was two days. So yeah, like four tires a day. I think I brought 10 to every event okay. um, back then. But that, you know, and, and now we're, you're talking, you know, 50 at an event. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, that's nuts. I mean, do you... Uh... And I think I was driving on 215 4017s back then, too, and now on 295 So big difference there, too. Each tire has two tires in it, pretty much. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chelsea Nova, thank you for joining us. Where, uh, where are you heading off to next in the world of uh, Formula D? Uh, I'm headed to Montreal next, Seattle, two weeks after that. So. Awesome. All right. Well, you know, we you definitely got our support, buddy. We are uh, pro RTR, team RTR, and, you know, everything that's powered by Pennzoil. And uh, we wish you the best of luck, bro. We'll be watching the rest of the season, and we'll hope to meet up with you in Dallas. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you, Chelsea. Yeah. Have a great one, buddy. Bye-bye. 
It's got to feel pretty rad for Chelsea to just walk up and say to Vaughn Gittin, I'm going to join your team. And Vaughn's like, oh, okay, here you go. <laughs> I don't think it was that easy, but uh, it sure sounded better. But it's, yeah, if you, it if, sounded easier than it probably laid out. It you know? really did. I should try that sometime. You on should. Somebody. You should just go up and say, hey, I'm going to move in with you. It actually. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going to borrow your car. Yeah, I'm going to join your band. Right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it might work for you. You can actually play. It might because yeah. I, I don't think I'm going to be doing any driving at events, so I could go no, join I, a band. But I would be a good front man. You, would you? Yeah, yeah, I can't sing where the shit, but most of them can't either. Yeah. So I kind of fit in. Your air guitar. Well, no, but, I, but I've, been, I've been honing in my skills, and I think air guitar was just kind of the, 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 the tip of the iceberg. The tip of the iceberg, okay. Yeah, and I think really what it is is, is I would just make an epic front man. And as long as the band is good behind you, yeah. your vocals don't – it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as much. I mean, they, they still matter. Well, but you could go in the studio, and you can change all that. You can synthesize your voice. You can do all this other stuff. <laughs> okay, so – that's gonna, all I'm going to say to you. I, I can do it. It's all about the look. You're going to be in the band, and I'll go ahead and try driving, and we'll just have like a mediocre festival of <laughs> crappy bands and crappy driving. <laughs> yeah, I got well, Jeff's up there, the air guitar, and the yeah. uh, these lead vocals. Well, this band yeah. isn't as bad as I thought it'd be, but they still suck a lot. So Chelsea might have had a different approach that worked out well yeah. versus us. Because I, I, so. I, I don't think I could walk up to a band and go, hey, I'm no. going to be your front man. No. Well, I probably could for Five Finger, because I'm a bigger version of Ivan. You are sober and I think that's like their right. number one criteria. That's the number one criteria and all the, all the songs are kind of like I could get into it. You, you could know? do that. I yeah. do it. Once again and you can actually take your Patron shots I got your stage. six bro. Yeah. yeah. I got I mean I could do that. No. With my 12 gauge. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, got a 12 gauge in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> a bad company. Till the day I die. Till the day I die. Chalk line outline on the ground. In the house of the rising sun. Okay anyway we're bro. butchering two many great songs we're all dead inside so yeah. after chelsea yeah. which it's perfect because we got to move into this guy because you, you're not gonna believe this i found this event recently and it's unbelievable Is i mean the name it, of it, it the unbelievable event it should be actually yeah. it should be skidmark shows unbelievable event i but, am down for that yeah but this guy was way ahead of us man because you know <laughs> he's been working on this for four years so for he's ahead years. of us yeah but it's the show this the show this event's called grid life and i'm gonna get chris stewart to tell us all about it but you're yeah. not gonna believe it dude it mad it it kind of meshes everything we're into yeah. into one big ball. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I like that. So we're going to dial him up. We're going to get all the scoop, all the gossip. You're not going to believe it. This is an epic deal. And I'm thinking if he's only been doing it for four years, we can still get in almost on the ground floor and have like a Skidmark show side It's stage. probably like second or fourth floor. Second or fourth well, floor? Well, because I think if you look at years into something, yeah. like right now with Skidmark show, we're two and a half years into this deal. Yeah. I mean, after we finish this year, right. it'll be two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, right. so we'd be like two and a half floors. Okay, so who so are we who are we calling? Chris Stewart. Chris Stewart. Okay. Not to be confused with Kristen Stewart. That's that chick from Twilight. Yeah. Yeah. No. no. Don't get confused. No, I'm but not. I'm gonna dial him up. We're gonna okay. get him on the horn. We're gonna talk all things Grid Life. That's kind of a cool name. I do. Actually. I like Grid Life. I do too. Grid. It reminds me of that uh, Blur song. Grid Life. Park Life. And it's better than Griddle Life because at Griddle Life, you know, you're making waffles. I'm all about Griddle Life. <laughs> waffles and bacon, baby. <laughs> waffles and bacon. Yeah. How do you griddle bacon? You want a griddle? You put it on the griddle. <laughs> you answered your own question. Oh. <laughs> Shows you how much I cook. It's like, how do you grill steaks? You put them on the grill. <laughs> you know, my favorite 
cooking show is when they cook some eggs in a whole breakfast on the back of a testerosa. Hello, this is Chris. Chris Stewart? Chris Stewart. What's Chris, happening? Chris Stewart, this is Jeff Allen, Ethan D. You're on Skidmark's show. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us. Before we start, though, I've got to go through your title, which might take a while. It might take up our whole episode. you got a long title? You're not kidding. Okay. Let me just read this to you. So it's Chris Stewart, creative director, art, yep. art director, car guy, good time chaperone, producer, founder, creative director, art director, strategic... Uh, oh, wow. Strategery? Strategery. No, right. strategist, project manager, director of worry and concern. And a chief risk taker. Director of worry. Okay. Uh, good time chaperone and director of worry and concern are, are the most fun. I like the chief risk taker. Chief risk, risk I, I taker. I think I'm going to take that one and put it on my card. <laughs> do, you, do you have a business card? I, I, forgot about, I forgot about my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> <laughs> well, we found it, my friend. Yeah, we Googled it. Just like I found recently, and I don't know if my head's been up my... Or what, yeah. but uh, or in the sand. Could um, be. But... Uh, when I when I stumbled across Grid Life, I got to tell you, man, I was blown away. Awesome. Yeah. So that's that's, that's, that's humbling and, and flattering. What, <laughs> so okay. I'm going I'm the guy who doesn't know what's happening. What is Grid Life? What is it? Um, what? Well, I me. mean, I, I don't mean to butt in. I'm okay. sure he's gonna tell us all about it. But let me just tell you, it's a first of its kind automotive festival that brings automotive subcultures together for a two day celebration. I like two day parties. Do Dude, we, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm totally down for two day parties. So what happens at Grid Life? Um. Yeah. So so. Grid Life is uh, is basically um, uh, like a, a music festival format uh, event that has motorsports and car culture at the heart of it. So it's a, a three-day event. Uh, we now have two versions of it, one in Atlanta and then our original one, which is up in the Midwest at Gingerman. Uh, but it's basically everything that's cool about uh, car culture smashed together, um, you know, in, in like a, a camping festival, basically. And you have music there the whole time, too? We do. Um, so we have, uh, you know, kind of a not not super huge production, but definitely, um, you know, like one of the smaller stages at Lollapalooza level production with national touring acts. And that's uh, kind of the night, the nighttime activity. So it's, it's racing all day with car shows and, um, you know, a, a bunch of kind of grassroots paddock stuff. And then uh, when the track goes cold, uh, that's when the music fires up and that goes till, you know, midnight or 1am and then people camp on site. So it's kind of this nonstop party for car folk. It's like a kind of like a car guy Woodstock, but right. instead of having sex in your car, you get to actually drift and do some other cool stuff with it. What, can you have sex yeah. in your car too? Though? You can okay. after grid, but okay. not during grid. <laughs> <laughs> right. Completely right. separate races. Yeah, you gotta wait until the track goes cold before you do that. <laughs> okay. yeah. Right, right. Yeah, the, the, the insurance doesn't cover that until the track's cold, so it's separate policy. <laughs> uh, okay, you said national musical acts. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the sex in the cars later. Uh, national, who, name some of the bands or artists that you've had or you're going to have. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. Like, uh, at the moment, we're, you know, a single stage uh, festival, so most of our programming is skewed a little bit more dance music or uh, more hip-hop-oriented EDM, you know, so uh, just good party music, but we, uh, at our South event, it's a little bit more diversified, so last year... Uh, Waka Flocka was our headliner on Saturday. We had Andrew WK, good party rock dude. Um, this year, uh, Atlanta headliner is Ludacris, so a good good staple of car culture. Um, you know, and then we've got uh, we've had Flosser Damas play, Keys 
and crate, um, Grand Theft, um, you know, a, a whole kind of different slew of, uh, of artists that would basically like pack out your 2,500, 3,000 person venues in any major market, you know? So um, just uh, we try and program stuff that, uh, you know, everyone can enjoy. It doesn't dive too deep into one genre, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense because, you know, car culture uh, definitely reaches across all different kinds of tastes. And so you want Absolutely. a varied musical variety, very musical variety. It's very varietous. Yeah, you, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's cool about this event, though, it's not just for pros. I mean, this is from beginner all the way through advanced. So that's what's cool is you yeah. can come in there, entry-level guy, you're rolling up in your hoopty, let's go drifting. I've let's, got a hoopty. Let's go do a time attack. Let's let's get it on. And that's what's cool. I love it. So very yeah. grassroots, man. So, yeah, and like our our full kind of history is we've, we've been doing track events since 2004, so we kind of like quietly figured out how to do a really good grassroots track day and uh because when we started back then um you know we were all honda guys so we just built this kind of younger demographic and younger community and grid life just kind of evolved out of that so, so you guys you guys uh, weren't into a lot of horsepower <laughs> Oh. No, no. Be nice. I am. I know. I just. I, can't. I don't know. Our, our our fastest car is James Houghton out of uh, Canada. He drives an Integra, and he's uh, he holds the the production car lap records at Mid Ohio Autobahn and Gingerman now in that front wheel drive car. So it's, it's oh, definitely like uh, trust me. Heads. Yeah, trust me. There's also a guy that does all the airstrip attacks with us, and uh, he he just right, he right. just hit 201 miles an hour in an Integra. Holy cow! Right. No, yeah, yeah, all so, that stuff is like evolved. So even like the, the, tech, crazy. the tech behind cars has overcome drivetrain and platform and everything. I mean, there's 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 so much happening in that world. Okay, so let let's go through like a rundown of what the festival is like, like how the different events are throughout the day. You've got like day one gates open, people show up. Do, are you having like uh, autocross races, drag strips? Uh, what what are you doing uh, car wise throughout the day before the bands take over? Yeah, I mean. We're, we're focused on, um, you know, circuit racing or, or HPDE or, or track racing. So, like, that's the heart of everything that we do. We don't do drag racing. Not that we wouldn't. It just isn't a part of our program right now. We're, we're doing autocross for the first time ever at, um, at Atlanta uh, this year with a partnership with the SCCA. But um, basically, like, the, the racetrack's the heart of everything. So, um, you know, we have a – I mean, I don't know. Like, we have a – like, our experience model, I guess, is we try not to, like, segment anything within the festival experience uh you know there's no us and them so like the car show is like right in the middle of the paddock and you know uh you can look across and see you know the, the grassroots drivers um you know right there in the heart of everything so it's not like separate zones necessarily but you know basically the format is like a typical track day you know the track goes hot at 9 a.m the track goes cold at, at 6 p.m., but then there's a bunch of other stuff that's bolted to it at the same time. So, um, you know, at, at Gingerman, um, I mean, I don't know. You can kind of choose your own adventure coming in as a, as a spectator. Um, the Gingerman event, like, it, it starts popping off Thursday night. We open the gates at 6 p.m., and the, the, the kids are lining up, and then the campground starts to fill up, and the paddock's filling up with, with drivers, and everyone's unpacking their stuff, and then, you know, come 9 a.m. on Friday when the track goes hot, um, you know, we're, we're almost to a full house, um, and yeah, you can kind of, you can, the cool thing is you can, we don't, like, put any walls around anything, um, so you can walk through the paddock and talk to the drivers, the pro drivers that come on as a spectator, you can go and, like, high-five Vaughn Gittin or any of the 
Falcon guys or Ryan Turk. Um, you know, it's just uh, we try and make it so that everybody's kind of on the same level, um, you know, regardless of where they come from in the motorsports world. Um, and yeah, that's that's really what we what we focus on. So and, and plus, it's an it's like a it's like a sleepover. Yes. So that concept yeah, yeah. alone is cool because every time you go to an event, whether it's a track day, I used to do a lot of them out in California and Willow Springs and you know uh, Sears Point and all that. At the end of the day, you pack up everything in your paddock and you go home. Right. And the next day you come yep. back and re undo everything. Here you're staying right there, baby. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're we're talking about it as we're kind of rolling around. Um, you know, the days move really quick at our events, and I feel like when I. I mean, part of the, the inspiration of, like, building this in the first place is, like, I, I'm a track guy, and I love going to the track, but if you're not driving at a track day, you're bored after a little bit, you know? And, like, even with car shows, you know, car shows can get pretty boring, too, um, you know? And uh, at Grid Life, it's, like, it's hard to describe the vibe of it but like the days move really quick but you 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 kind of can't remember what you what you started doing and based on like where you are at the end of the day because there's like so many different zones and so much different stuff to, okay. to kind of interact with i've got an idea because i i know how the tracks race courses racetracks can get in the middle of the summer in a festival and you know tens of thousands of people around and the engines and everything going here's a great way to have like um a, a marker so people can kind of know about where they are from certain point. You should have a clothing optional swimming pool right in the middle of everything <laughs> so that people can run dip and then, you know, cool down real quick and then go back to whatever they're doing. I, and uh, I just, I can run that pool for you if you'd like, need some money. <laughs> so you, uh, you want to add a swimming I, pool to grid life is yeah. what you're saying. I don't know. Like I'm getting a, the director of concern um, in, uh, in me is, uh, is, is, starting to think about liabilities and stuff but i don't know we do do an event in atlanta in august so a swimming pool has is not something that we haven't discussed I would, <laughs> well because then next right next to the director of worry concern is the chief risk taker exactly so you can't forget that right. either buddy right. so you got those, those two titles are, are in conflict so they balance each other out so, i'll, I'll be the chief mouth-to-mouth operator and just run lifeguard at the pool you know there you, well, there you go as long as you have a lifeguard on duty it's safety first as long as we have right? a girls and right. guys pool separate so yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so for the guy that wants to do this and you're going from a, a beginner standpoint um, run through some of the classes that they can actually go and compete in yeah I mean um, so we um, you know we have a, a relatively um, put together drivers program and we try and bring people up through the ranks so like our beginner program we have an HPDE uh, which is kind of one separate piece of the on-track stuff so um, that's beginner intermediate and advanced um, you know or, or you know green yellow red depending on the, uh, the the sanctioning body but um you know as a beginner never been on track before uh or just have a couple of like autocross days or things like that that's that's where we we like to put you um you know as a beginner so when you come to a grid life event um you're gonna get uh multiple classroom sessions throughout the day you will get a dedicated instructor that is yours in your car and with you in the paddock throughout the, in, the entire event. Um, it's a two-day program, so, you know, day one is really all about just getting new drivers oriented to the, the track, the rules of the track, understanding flags, um, building really good driver behavior on the track, um, you know, and that's that's kind of your, your first event is really just all about setting that foundation for, uh, you know, uh, 
your life as a uh, a track enthusiast, um, you know, and and trying to like build really strong, aware, and safe drivers for for you know on track activities. And then you know, moving up out of that, you do a couple of days with us, um, and then you can graduate up into intermediate, um, you know, where you no longer get a dedicated instructor, but we still do classroom downloads and things like that. So um, you know, there, there's a real focus on on trying to build really good drivers so that people who come out of grid life and go to other series or start running NASA or SCCA are not clown shoes. <laughs> you know, they, they, they like know what they're doing on the track and, and uh, you know, they're, uh, they're really aware of, uh, you know, how to behave at a track day. Um, and then moving out of that, you know, out of the advanced group is where uh, the competition format is, which is Time Attack. Um, and Time Attack is basically intended to allow people to get into competitive driving um, without the full commitment of going to wheel to wheel or allow people to bring various different car builds. You know, they can build the car that they want and there's a, a, a simplified class that they can exist in. So they don't have to deal with the complexities of, you know, uh, some more complicated sanctioning body rule sets and things like that. But the four classes are what we call HPD plus, which is built for guys and girls who drive their track cars to the track, uh, you know, probably have like a dual purpose, 200 treadwear tire, um, you know, some, some basic mods, but not too deep. Um, and then the next one is street mod, which kind of takes all that stuff up a notch, allows forced induction, more complicated arrow. Uh, and then you get into track mod, it starts to get a little more serious. So those are probably cars that are trailered. You know, they have uh, more significant builds, a lot more safety equipment. And then the heavy hitters are unlimited, which is basically no rules outside of tube chassis. And you can build your car however you want to build it um, and run it on the track to see, you know, how fast you can go. So it's it's drag racing with turns, basically. You're kind of like a, an entire racing education built into a festival with camping and music. Splashed with music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah with, with music. I mean, like, we do have, like, kind of two different – there's two different sides of the house, um, you know, and, and we talk about them together, you know, as an overall experience. But, you know, we, we have a, a, a thing that we call uh, protect the driving experience, which basically tries to, like, make sure that um, the, the party stays where the party belongs and the paddock stays – the paddock it's still a pretty rowdy paddock but it definitely feels like you know it, it, it's all your peers you know it's, it's just racers and drivers that are kind of in those areas um you know so uh there's a lot of focus put on like all the different pieces but that that's where the heart of our event is you know we're a, we're a, a motorsports event um you know we want to we want to be if if anyone from any segment of car community wants to get into track racing we want to make that barrier of entry as low and as accessible and as, uh, you know, unintimidating as possible. So that's really the spirit of it all. It, how do we get, how do I get my car show friends and my drifter friends and, you know, people who kind of like cars to like see what grassroots motorsports is? And the, the answer to that is music and parties. Got it. Got awesome. it. So, well, Chris, you totally had us both at hello. So, <laughs> yeah. but getting back to, you know, you do other things, obviously with as many titles as you have, there's other things you have to be doing. And I'm, I'm looking at this client list and I just want to know what inspired grid life when you were working with Huggies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Huggies was my shortest stint uh, in, in agency life. But yeah, my, my background is uh, I come from the ad world. Um, I live in I live in Chicago. Um, so I, I, I ran through kind of the Chicago ad agencies for a long time. And I've actually only been an agency expat since September. 
when I, I moved over and started kind of rolling the dice on grid life in a, in a more full-time capacity. But uh, yeah, I come from the design background and then art director and then creative director. Um, and, uh, you know, I worked on, um, on the digital side of stuff. So um, ran uh, a lot of the social programs and different things for a variety of clients through a few different agencies. So that's my background, um, you know, and, and grid life kind of ended up just coming about between like all the stuff that I was into, like kind of outside of my, my work life. Uh, I just smashed all that stuff together. So always been into cars. I uh, was really into mopeds and motorcycles, particularly vintage ones for a long time. So, you know, there's a, there's a pit bike culture I'm trying to build within grid life that, that, that services that part of my passions. And then always really been into music, um, you know, been to a, a ton of different festivals and have a lot of uh, friends within the industry uh, a lot of the artists that came up through Chicago through Chicago um, so I've just always been into like kind of that culture as well and um, yeah and then because I have a strategic marketing background I was able to smash it all together and get something to stick I guess Chris Stewart with grid life thanks for joining us on the show today on Skidmark show tell everybody where they can go to find the upcoming uh, dates well the plus also thank you for creating this yeah for us thanks car for guys. Creation. thank you so yes, much for absolutely. that absolutely Thank, thank you for thank you for uh, um, you know recognizing it and, and I don't know it, it's still uh, it's still kind of overwhelms me when I think about uh, <laughs> like the, how how stoked people are on it and the fact that the the concept is is sticking and you know how much enjoyment it's bringing to people it's 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 really really cool to see it all kind of take shape so so where uh, can you're people welcome. go and online uh, so our site is www.grid.life um, so all of the upcoming events are listed there and then on Facebook uh, as well as Instagram, we are forward slash grid life official. Um, and you can find a bunch of information on those channels as well. All right. Thank you so Chris much. Stewart, Chris. Thanks for joining us today on Skidmark show. You can get us for free all the time at iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, CastBox, for you Android users and skidmarkshow.com. Check out one. grid life, baby. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks guys. You got it. Take care. So our next guest up is Chip Panko with Rallycross. Ooh, Rallycross. Yes. All right. I like that. I like everything Rallycross. Everything Rallycross. Everything Rallycross. Yes. I've never done Rallycross. I haven't either. But oh. I've, I've watched it. No, I'm wait, wait, a fan wait. of it. This is the stuff where they drive on the road and then in off, off the road. Off the road. Yes. But well, we're going to get all the details from Chip. Okay, great. Chip's on the phone right now. Awesome. Chip, how are you doing? Very well. How are you doing, guys? Fantastic. So describe Rallycross to people. I've, I saw it, I think, just the other day watching, maybe it was the X Games? Is it, did they have Rallycross at the X Games? Uh, they, we, we launched the sport six years ago at the X Games. We ran, we ran our first three years at the X Games, um, but we are, uh, we're fully standalone. So if you were looking online, um, there are definitely some great X Games clips of, of what we do there. Awesome, because Travis Pastrana, I believe, got into uh, Rallycross. And the fun thing, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, it, you go on-road and you go off-road, and it's on uh, a track, like a road course, but you go through the mud and dirt and through asphalt, right? Yeah, absolutely. Correct. So what we did, what what the idea of it was when we um, when we founded the sport six years ago was we, we, we knew that rally cars were cool um, and seeing a rally car slide through the you know on a dirt road was was one of the most awesome things. We're like, how do we make that more awesome? It's like let's put ten of them out there at the same time and let's do it on a short course. So, I mean, the course we're looking at here in Indianapolis is about three-quarters of a mile um, and have them go door handle to door handle and really duke it out on a, on a, on a track that, as you said, it, it's, it's about half pavement and it's about half dirt. Um, we're actually about 35% dirt here. Um, they put some big jumps. 
and put some put a lot of turns in. Um, and it is it is it is high impact, high action racing. So this actually kind of spawned off of the 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 rally cars in the past, like when we would watch Pikes Peak and some of these other rally car events. Is that really where it came from? The the concept? Yeah, absolutely. As I said, we 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 we, we looked at rally cars and we're like, that is so cool. Um, how do we make it? How do we make it cooler? Um, so yeah, the the cars are they're 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 pretty modified. Um, I mean, they couldn't go do a stage rally, but it's the same idea. And, and what that is is they're they're kind of they're small cars. They're production based. Um, they're all wheel drive. Um, these cars have have in excess of 600 horsepower, so they're super fast. Um, and you know, as you can imagine, they have to be incredibly versatile because they have to be they have to start really fast. Um, they have to be really fast on tarmac, and they have to be really fast on the dirt. Yeah, I was watching one on TV the other day, and it was like uh, Volkswagen. Volkswagen Beetles, the new Volkswagen Beetles, against some um, Ford, not Fiestas, but f- maybe Focuses, like the little ones. And, yeah, they're, they're Fiestas. They're Fiestas. They're, 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 Fiestas. they're oh. like the, they're like the Fiesta we just saw in Connecticut. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so you have do you have different classes, or does, can somebody like you're racing Beetles against Fiestas? Um, how do the classes work? Yeah, we have we have two classes that we run. We have supercars, um, and uh, and we have the lights class. Um, so if you were looking at Beetles and Fiestas, that's uh, that's a supercar class, and also there's Honda Civics that run in that. Um, and the cars, I mean, they start out as a production-based car, um, but then there's, they're they're about they're just about million-dollar cars when they get done with them. Um, wow. They're, uh, obviously, they're they're pretty highly modified. Um, they're super fast. I mean, everybody always talks about zero to sixty times, and these cars will go zero to sixty in under two seconds. Wow. I mean, they'd have to because you were talking a three-quarter mile course that you have to have on-road, off-road jumps turns and it goes all the way around i mean those cars have got to be able to get up and go in under a few hundred feet you know if you look at rallycross it's kind of the best of both worlds because who hasn't ever wanted to jump their car all of us yes right and who doesn't like to go on road off road the whole deal is just really killer when you think about it that is cool and to watch these you know guys and and how they handle those cars and being able to just make the jumps and effort they look effortless i saw one one time and uh i i don't know if you were a part of this or not but i think it went in and out of like the uh, LA stadium or, or went in and out of a stadium where the cars actually had part of the lap off-road inside a stadium and they went up the stands they had to ramp up the stands and then the some more road course was outside of it and it was like wow these guys are flying through an actual like football stadium at 100 miles an hour that was yeah, just no, that amazing. was that was that was our that was our very first event. Um, that was in 2010 at X Games, and that was the LA Coliseum. <laughs> and uh, we uh, we went we, we we put dirt right up. We went right up the stands and went through the the the, the, the big stone uh, turnstiles at the uh, at, at the end of the LA Coliseum. And jumped the car through there. It was awesome. Wow, that is that's cool. We've got to watch more of this, man. We got to go see one of these live. It's got to be in just a rush watching these cars go by. So now you said you guys are all standalone. So there's a obviously. You've got a certain amount of dates across the country you're hitting, or is this global? Are you going worldwide? Yeah, so we uh, we actually our last race um, before coming here to Indianapolis was in Canada. Oh, nice. um, so we've raced we've raced in Europe, we've raced in South America, we've raced in the Caribbean. Um, the uh, we just came we just came out of Canada, but we are we are we are U.S. focused. Um, so you know it, the, the, the the nice thing about the sport is is that it's pretty portable. Um, so you know here we're we're at Lucas Oil Raceway, which is uh, you know kind of an older NASCAR track, a three-quarter mile oval, and the sport fits really well in there. You know, we, we we use about a half the oval, and we go through the infield, and you know we 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 put dirt down, and we put a 
70 foot jump in and it works really well um so we can do that we were at uh, uh two and a half weeks ago in ottawa we were at a uh, uh at an airstrip right on the right on the river just outside of ottawa um so there are a lot of different places and fun places we can we can put track um i know that like we talked earlier there's a lot of this started at x games travis pastrana was a driver i don't know if he still is but are there racers from other uh disciplines coming into rallycross or who are the big names in, in rallycross right now yeah no absolutely and 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 yeah travis uh travis uh did a did a couple seasons with us and i don't know i have a sneaking suspicion we might see a little bit more of travis um <laughs> uh, before this is all before this is all said and done um but uh yeah some big names scott speed um who was the last american uh in formula one uh so scott speed's with us he's uh won the championship twice uh he'll be here this weekend uh tanner faust um which a lot of people may know from uh the u.s version of uh of top gear uh uh, he's a friend of ours, so yeah. yeah. We've had him on the show yeah, before, we, too. Yeah, Tanner's a definitely good friend good. of ours. Yeah, so. yeah no, and he is uh, he is quick right now, so he will definitely be one of the ones to uh, to watch this weekend. Uh, uh, you know, so, you know, Tanner comes from a rally background um, and a stunt driving background. You've got, you know, Scott Speed out of Formula One. We've got Steve Arpin from a NASCAR background. Uh, Steve's having a super strong season as well. Um, and then we have a, a kind of a young up-and-coming driver named Mitchell DeYoung, uh, who comes out of dirt sports. Uh you know, pro light trucks and, 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 and a lot of different things in, in, in dirt sports. He's transitioned really, really well. Um, he's driving the, with the Red Bull Honda uh, factory team. Hasn't actually won a race yet, um, but is out there and is, 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 is either third or fourth in points right now. So we've had, we've had five, four winners, five winners in the first seven races. Um, so it's super competitive right now, which we're very thankful for. Five winners in the first seven races? <laughs> yep. Explain that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it it's been it's been uh it's been really really uh it's been something to watch. I mean, Steve Arpin is doing a great job with his Ford Fiesta. Um Bastian Erickson with Honda is taking a taking a win. Um it's been uh everybody has a chance. So, you know, if you ask me who's the favorite for this weekend, I really have no idea. It could be just about anyone. Huh. Do you have limits on the vehicles right now? I mean, I know we talked about Beetles uh and Hondas and the Fiestas. Are you going to branch out into maybe like a a mini truck class, not like the big trophies, but like a smaller truck class or any other small cars that you're going to see or or is it open or is it just those um certain models? Yeah, it's a it's a good question. I mean, the I think anything's anything's possible um you know our rule book is uh you know it's a good it's a good 200 pages on what they can do to the cars and what they can't do to the cars um you know there's um you know you kind of think of uh of of subcompact sedans is is what from a kind of from a kinetic standpoint it's 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 the right geometry for the for the class um so we're pretty open i mean we you know when when volkswagen came to us and said we we wanted to they wanted to run the beetle um that wasn't in our rule book, but it's certainly, you know, the wheelbase, the track, the weight, the the height and everything matched everything else. So we were able to work with them and, and, and make sure that worked within the class and, you know, came in was, uh, you know, they, they were competitive, but they weren't, you know, they it, it, it fit in and it was fair to all the competitors. Okay. All that right. makes sense. It totally makes sense right there. But, so, yeah. uh, Chip, tell everybody where they can go to find Rallycross online if they want to check out some video clips or see the upcoming uh, dates. Yeah, no, absolutely. The um, uh, Red Bull Global Rallycross.com. Uh, you can see video clips there learn a lot more about the sport see driver bios see pictures of the drivers um and if you're in indianapolis this weekend uh we do still have tickets available for this uh this weekend's race it's uh gates are open at uh, 12 noon on both saturday and sunday uh finals on sunday um and also uh you can go on uh you can
can go on NBC uh, NBC Sports Extra and uh, view past races there. Uh, we're televised live on NBC Sports Network and NBC. Uh, this weekend we're on NBC Sports Network. Um, you know, so there are a lot of different ways to check out the races. A lot of great videos out there. Thank you so much for joining us, Chip Panko, with Rallycross Skidmark Show. Download us at iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, Castbox, SkidmarkShow.com. It's always free. Thanks, Chip. You have a great one, buddy. My pleasure. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. So we're wrapping the drifters in the grid life. Okay. So hey, man. So this is all awesome. But you know, in rock star news, if you want to call it that, did you see where they just released the letter that Tupac sent to Madonna? I did. Where, where he, he was breaking her. up. Yeah. Is that crazy? Because he thought that it was going to hurt his cred. Yes. Which is true. I think. Well, back I mean, in the day. I mean, really, though, if you're, if you're like, hey, I'm sorry. But yeah, because, you know, his fans were like, they thought he was, you know, just this gangster thug kind of guy. But and why so, couldn't a gangster thug hang out with Madonna? It was the 90s. Okay. It was a thing. All right. They could, Madonna would have been fine. She would have been like, yay, she's dating Tupac. That's cool. But people would have looked she at Tupac. She dated Dennis Rodman. Yeah, but Dennis Rodman uh, isn't, Tupac isn't Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman played basketball. Oh, oh really? People, I would have known the difference. White Thank people watch basketball. Thank you for explaining that to me. White people weren't Tupac's biggest fans. They were some big fans. I don't think he, it's a white or black thing. It was. It was totally a white well, or no, black thing. No, for him it was. For him, yeah. But I was shocked. No, the rest really of us don't care, but no. for him it was. Plus, he was in prison. It's hard to date people in prison because you're in prison. Right, I got that. So they don't he get broke conjugals. Up, but he was breaking up with her in prison? I think so. Well, I think that was kind of over anyway. Well, yeah, pretty much. Right. It's kind of like this episode's over, and we're not going to prison. Thanks for listening to Skidmark Show. Get us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, CastBox, SkidmarkShow.com, and follow us on social media all day, every day. You know, Madonna could have starred in Orange is the New Black. (laughs) (laughs) Peace out. Skidmark Show, America's favorite show about cars, rock stars, and the stars that drive cars. Powered by Peace Oil.